wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast. Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. Welcome to the 3-on-1 Podcast. I'm Matt Ryan, and joining me just by himself this week is Corey Hammond. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm good. We're uh, we're going to miss Rob today. We always yeah. do. But somewhere in the background, I can still hear him saying that one of the, or maybe all of the, except for one, running backs on our list are ass. Yes. It's just faintly in the background. Just faintly. You yep, can hear him. There. Yeah. And okay, we can continue. Speaking of that, this week on the show, we will announce our top seven running backs. Uh, we break some news during the podcast. You're going to want to listen for that. Listen very closely. Uh, next week, we'll have the new schedule for you uh, for the Northeast. We'll go through that in a little bit. But, uh, Corey, it has been, there's been a lot going on. Uh, it's <laughs> ramping up. It is ramping, ramping up. ramping up. It is... Did you think it would get this crazy this fast? Like I, I anticipated like to 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 go in to to step out of the role of Matt Ryan and then go into the role of executive producer Matthew R. Ryan. Um, a lot of this is Gaga and horseshit. Like this is a lot of this, this, a lot of this is like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Oh shut um, up! I love Taylor Swift. Why does everybody hate her? Because so I, I don't know. Because people are fucking dumb. She's just richer than you. That's why you're mad. And she is richer than you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's it's kind of spot on. I think it's exactly what we said it was gonna be. Huff did his Huff thing, and we are now all falling into our place. Once once those moves started to get announced and you started to say, you know, this is an arms race, all the pieces kind of like are now fitting in line and we're right where we wanted to be. Yeah, and, and it seems like we are already in mid-season, like, everybody wants to fucking play everybody, and everyone's, like, everyone's chippy two months out, and I was talking with somebody about it, and I was like, yeah, nope, it's about that time. It just feels earlier this year. I don't know if Fall Brawl necessitates that, us coming back, and, like, the, the shenanigans that have been going on on other shows, like, this cross-pollination of content has really drive the player interest. It'll be interesting to see how this... Uh, turns into different stories heading into the season. But speaking of stories, Corey, it's time for what you were talking about. Oh, Mike, it's time for the news. 
What many deemed the inevitable in the Nevada division for the next three seasons was locked in on Sunday as both the Insomniacs and the Sick with it set to face off for the honor of being Fall Brawl champion. The finals go down this Sunday at 4 Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Caffeine TV and A7FL TV internationally and locally on Fox 5.2 and Cox 125. Corey? As reported last week on the 3-on-1 podcast, the Baltimore Watchmen added former New Jersey Hawks players Bobby Newman, Big Angry, and running back Mike Liberti to their team as player movement continues across multiple divisions. Will this be a key for the Watchmen to return to the Eastern Conference Finals? We'll see as the season progresses. And as alluded to earlier on last week's edition of the 3-on-1, the Northeast will be receiving a new schedule for the spring 2024 season after many looked at the Silk City Animal schedule and held what could only be considered to be a preseason wake. With a new and reportedly more balanced schedule on the horizon, we at the 3-on-1 podcast will have that updated schedule next week, and hopefully everyone will come out of it relatively unscathed. And lastly, this week in Ohio, A7FL analyst Corey Hammond, me, accidentally shared scoops about Brent Smothers' chaos with former chaos coach and current heist coach Skylar Hurd because, and I'm quoting myself here again, to me, last year, these guys were basically conjoined twins. It was an honest mistake, but I tried, end quote. When reached out for comment, Smothers replied simply, doesn't matter, really. Skyler couldn't beat us with half of the Insomniacs roster, end quote. Funny thing is, unless Insomniacs defect from the bright lights and warm nights of the strip to the frigid wasteland that is Cincinnati in comparison in the winter, even half the Insomniacs coached by Coach James would definitely still beat the chaos is currently constituted. Back to you in the studio, Matt. Thank you, Corey. That is the news. And if you have any complaints about the news, you can call 516-387-A7FL. That's 516-387-A7FL. We'll take a brief time out. When we come back, it's RTC or Anthony Wilkerson or one of the nicknames that our team has been coming up with in a trailer somewhere in the greater New York metropolitan area. It's a three-on-one. Stay with the fuck you are. Wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast. Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. 
every year around this time, we have a certain someone on the program to talk about all things A7FL. He's one of our favorite people to talk to in the league and quite possibly the best running back in the A7FL. And we'll go through that list in just a moment. I'm Matt Ryan, Corey Hammond riding with me. Big Rob being Big Dad this week, so not able to join us on the program. But Anthony, don't call me RTC Wilkerson, joining us on the show now. Anthony, over the course of this show, we're going to try to come up with some new nickname pitches for you, see what we can get to stick. Um, We had the team at the three-on-one lab, uh, which is in a trailer outside of Passaic, work on some ideas for you, so we will be peppering those at you throughout the show. But welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for uh, answering all of our messages uh, to come on the show because heading into the Fall Brawl Championship, there's not many other people we'd want to speak with uh, other than you. Thank you. I appreciate that. We had some backups on the list, but we're just really thankful is what we'll say. We had other guys that we would have gone to, but come on. And so the first one is last year after your – initial three-on-one interview in which just to recap for those previously on the three-on-one uh when the pit bosses were the talk of the fall and they were going to take on your kryptonite team you came on our show with a lot of bravado and i tried to spread that name what did you what did you think about that name because i think nobody it never caught on even though I, i i tried to perpetuate as long as i could bravado wilkerson i think that sounds cool it was hilarious because you had people running around and be like, hey, that's BBW right there. I said, oh, <laughs> no, no. I didn't know if you were going to remember the, the the silly joke that went along with it, but I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you did. I was, I was big like, bravado Wilkerson. Yep. I mean, hey, we wanted it to stick. Uh, I don't know. I, let's say licensing. Licensing. What about this? Juggernaut. Juggernaut Wilkerson. Anthony Juggernaut Wilkerson. Once he gets started running, you can't stop him. Always good morning. I'm here to see Fred Morrison. No, that one's just not sticking either. All right, so so we've got this one coming in uh, from the three-on-one laboratory. Anthony Tom Wilkerson. Just Tom. No. No? No. Okay, well, well, shit. Most of these are Paul, Steve. Um, the one. What did you Wizardo, did you let that one just doesn't make any goddamn sense? That's Alex Silverman. So you let Zach and the group make up names and they came up. Oh no, up with it's Tom not them. It, no, 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 it's not. It's not them. I hired a bunch of old Tonight Show with Jay Leno writers, and I'm go running them through the Stanford experiment in Teaneck in a trailer. But let's go back to football. Aside from crimes I'm committing, how uh, old could they be if they wrote for Jay Leno? What you don't. You, you do, just don't ask any more questions. The less questions you ask, are they? T- did you give them the same sh- cognitive test that they gave the the, the, okay. the guy running for president? Don't make yourself culpable. With, with the don't lions make and giraffes, don't make yourself culpable. Mr. Wilkerson, heading into the fall brawl championship, going up against the team in Sickwood that you've played several times before. How are you feeling? Are you looking forward to this Sunday's game? Are you looking forward to March 24th? Like, is this setting up for something? Repeat that one more time. Heading into this Sunday, are you looking forward to this Sunday, or are you looking forward to getting this out of the way and getting ready for March 24th? 
I just want March 24th to start because, you know, this is just like, what, preseason? You know, no one really cares about the ball ball that much. So so without Rob here, we still get the fall don't count take from our stand-in. Thank you, RTC Wilkerson. Let me ask you this question because since week one of last year, except for the championship game, of course, the Insomniacs really have looked untouchable. Mm-hmm. That is until Quentin Ariarty last week. So what does the Alienators game last Sunday in the semifinals mean for the Insomniacs headed into the fall championship, but more importantly, the 2024 spring as you're looking forward to? Um, I wouldn't even look too much in, into it, really, because we were missing a lot of players. You know, no excuses to us. You know, we came out, we came out lazy. You know, we beat them once. It wasn't a big deal. Um, most guys, I mean, Alienators are a good team, I would say. They're better than Outlaws. They're better than – they're up there with sick with it. I, I'll give them that. Because they had a they had a closer margin in this last game than Sickwood it had your last time. Is that maybe what the key is to maybe getting a close game with the Insomniacs is not have the reputation like Sickwood it does where you guys are going to show up so you can get somebody to sneak up on you guys? Yeah, yeah, cuz they definitely they definitely knew what what to I would say throw us off our game. They brought a definitely like a strong a strong D-line that game. So. Interesting. Interesting as you say that. And, you know, we've been we've been we had on Ashanti Worthy last week and I was talking about some of the questions and kind of, you know, getting to a, a part where we can get it a little interesting. So another question that I have for you, and let's just get right into it, because I think we're, we're teetering around it. So you as someone who has a won an A7FL World Championship last year, B, someone who has dominated the Western Conference since Vegas entered the league and most notably C one of the few players to have played East Coast competition. How do you weigh in on this very contentious debate between East versus West? Like it was a 90s rap, and somehow I'm Mace, Matt's Puffy, and Rob is Christopher Wallace himself. Where do you... Fuck, I don't want to be Puffy. All right, yeah, recent recent stories about Puffy maybe maybe make him not as cool, but let's just let's just pretend like it's 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 what we know of Puffy in the nineties. He was still kind of cool. He was the mm-hmm. setup man for the whole thing. I, I said I'm Mace. That's like the worst of them. I'm like the least rich. I'm sitting there, you know, broke doing doing hooks for somebody. But anyway, terrible joke aside, there's there's been a lot of preseason, you know, with nothing to talk about. You know, as as you know, as the offseason turns into the regular season, there's been a lot of the back and forth about the path you and the champs took to Bullhead and the general perceptions both of the West and of the East as the media has nothing left to do but autopsy last year's results. Where do you weigh in on this East versus West kind of beef that we've developed as we're sitting here waiting for the real season to start? Like. The only real person that's been talking the most is a player's team who didn't win a single game last season. Who me? That's, no, that's that's RTU. Fair. Okay. So so based so, on some of the things he's saying, what's your response maybe to him directly? Because that RTU shout out to Keith Salmons, my guy, has a very provocative show on Facebook. Check it out. But what say you to that, my friend? 
I'd say it's like he doesn't even worry about his own team. So, you know, how we see it, how we see it and how I see it, it's like I know what it is to play BIC. And, and how is guys. it? Yeah, and how is it? That shit was a shit show. I'm not going to lie to you. That shit was a shit show. We went out there big-headed, cocky, thinking that we were just going to whoop on BIC. And BIC showed us why they were number one in the league. Well, so that year. I just yeah. want I just want all my guys to stay focused. You know, even though they said we want a like big league championship, we did what we did to have to get there. We played what like twelve games to get there. Yeah, you guys did have a long road, and you went undefeated. That's that's still that's still enough time for any number of our guys to get injured. I understand they say it's a, it's a lot different out there and it's more injured. They get injured more out there, but it's like we played a full season, 12 games. So, I mean, anybody could have got injured on our team yeah. and, and night calls aren't no pushovers. Like, uh, I mean, they, we saw them live and in person there, there, there's nothing to say against the guys that were the night crawlers. Now, for 2024 we'll see what the nightcrawlers are i mean what they have left i mean if they still have logo they they got a chance right i mean logo is one of the most special players on our league but we'll see i mean even though they even though they didn't do it like they only did one design run play and that happened to be like a pitch where q picked it off yeah but he threw it still on that play so was it designed run (laughs) it was a design it it was a listen it was a design pitch to uh to keith he reversed field and tried to get get cute with the ball, and it happened to get pit, picked off. That's not our fault that it got no, picked I, off. It was it was all your fault because I'm gonna say that that's a legendary play by your backup quarterback kicker at defensive end to change the game. Where they were what they were on the like the, the they were inside the ten going in. They're also they're inside the ten. Yeah, that's gonna be eighteen right there. So I mean, it was not a not say it's the the football iq to to quote your coach who uses that as every answer um about the insomniacs but you did mention something about the nightcrawlers which is kind of led into this conversation and we're gonna get this out of the way just so that everybody has the fun of hearing your take on it but the the back and forth the the rap beef is that no one denies that the insomniacs were both a a great team because when you say the teams are super team, right, I think that it's implied that they're very, very, very good, right? Right? You don't say, you know, the gold. They combined as what was left of the pit bosses and who got cut from the hunters, and the gold were a super team last year at 0-7. You don't say that. So whatever. Whatever you want to define as that meaning, we'll go with what Coach James said is you guys are a powerhouse. But mm-hmm. that being said, because nobody disagrees with that, what the the hypothetical conversation has recently been is that the the team that you faced in the championship that represented the east does not represent the usual physicality associated with the northeast brand of a7fl football now before the show when we were kind of just messing around and talking you know bullshit you talked about how much you know older a seven FL film you've watched and and I apologize in advance also mine. <laughs> so so you are as familiar with the Northeast as anybody that could 
obviously talk about both coasts because you've played against the Northeast, you've watched the film of the Northeast, and you also played two full spring division uh, seasons in the Vegas division, and there's only been two seasons. So mm-hmm. as we talk about the Nightcrawlers attempting one run in the championship game, what would you say as far as their level of physicality and no disrespect to Deontay Henderson, because if I see you this year, my guy, please do not treat me like you tra- treated Buck in that rare breed playoff game. Please. <laughs> I've got children. And Buck does too, by the way. What is your proxy, or or how do you compare the two based on what you saw in the championship with the team that only attempted one run versus the kind of team that you played head-to-head in BIC? and the film that you've seen and the kind of general consensus of what the Northeast has been as we both created the league and have been the dominant team until you guys won last year. So the difference between, you know, Nightcrawlers and BIC, it's they'll, one person will try to tackle you on Nightcrawlers and they'll just see if they, they like, they'll tackle you. With BIC, as soon as one touches you, it everybody touches you. It's it's not it's not easy playing BIC at all. They had they had what Verardi, they had Psycho. Who, who Big else Mook. Had? I mean, listen, we Big, can go down the list. Big Mook caught a per- Big Mook caught one of my guys mm-hmm. from behind yeah. as like a, a three hundred and twenty pound guy. He's running like four six. Yeah, it was basically like an interception, and it, it was a, it was basically an interception. But you know, my yeah. guy caught it, but he still carried him. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. You're talking about literally caught. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, I, yeah, that yeah, clip yeah, the in the man oh, that no, he, he literally yes, caught him yep. in his hands. Do you not remember that play? It was crazy. Oh, oh I remember like that a play. cheerleader at a fucking football game. Um, Imagine if he took that back. But anyway, uh, we digress. <laughs> so, so it's clearly, you know, with that answer, and I mean, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. BIC was much more physical on defense than, you know, what we saw from the Nightcrawlers. Now, you as the running back also saw what their offense was doing and what your defense was doing against them. Because correct me if I'm wrong, you did play a little bit of D end in the national championship game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, listen, 26 carries, I'm sure you were tired enough. They didn't need you that much. Right. Um, We'll see what you do this year, but talk about their offensive line too. Cause you you talked about how you know one guy would tackle you and it's it's a different level there. What about the offensive side of the ball that maybe some guys are missing as well? Their offensive line, I don't know who it was. I went up against. I think he got a run like towards the end of the game or whatever. But he's a solid blocker. All their offensive line, all their offensive linemen know how to move their feet, and that's what we were missing on the force when we went out there. Okay. We our offensive line would just like put hands on them and then not try to drive anywhere. Yeah, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I also, on that film, if you watch it, they, of the guys they chose to block, the one that they left open a lot of times, unblocked, was Verardi. But that's <laughs> so why that's... I'm blessed. <laughs> that's why I got blessed with Kenny Mack. I'm glad that Kenny Mack, yeah, Big listen, Boots, you earned Swank, it. and Munchie, they all know how to move their feet. They, they'll sit there and be assholes. They'll call out who they're going to block, and they're going to do it regardless, so... So listen, so basically what it's come down to is both of, you know, the hypothetical, you know, we'll say the the air quotes media sides that are leading this debate 
we're we're like polar on one side, east, polar one side, west. And what you're saying is it's somewhere in the middle. Nightcrawler is a physical team. Northeast is a little bit more physical based on what you've seen. And I think a lot of the talk is just mostly talk then, I guess, right? So I can sit down then. <laughs> I could yeah. I could I could <laughs> chill out then. <laughs> well, hey, listen. What we're trying to do is kind of figure out what the hypothetical could be, could be because correct me if I'm wrong. I know for a fact because I've talked I literally talked to Munchie this weekend and we all know that I do the thing that Matt hates Matt. I'm not going to do it yet. Uh, maybe we'll Thank later. Thank you. Don't don't do it. You're don't a, do it. See, I'm but, not, I'm not the only one, right? It's fuck it fucking drives you nuts, it's meant, right? Listen, it's meant listen, to drive you nuts. Don't do it today. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Munchie. Hey! Well, it, happy Munch Day. Is that is that is that a couple, correct? I would I, uh, I wouldn't say that. No, that's, that's crazy to say. Oh, okay. yeah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's also this is Friday, so it's a little belated. But this is Tuesday that we're recording. So happy birthday, my guy. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, because what the reason that this conversation comes up a lot is, I think more than anyone, the Insomniacs, just like the rest of the fans, just like the Northeast as a whole. The Insomniacs want to play these teams as well, correct? Yes. And so when you look at the at the division, you look at your own division, what do you have to say to a lot of guys even on your team that seem to me, not that they're taking the East lightly, but it sounds like they're getting into the, the situation because you, you said it what, last week. They're kind of, they're, they're, biggest threat like the biggest threat against the insomniacs are themselves because like you said against the alienators if they're playing sick with it like they are this sunday so check it out on fox 5.2 and the a7fl youtube channel for the fall brawl championship featuring rtc's insomniacs versus their maybe rival maybe their are and three so we can't say rival sick with it are you at all concerned that your team is not prepared for the long championship grind that you guys are about to start March 24th? And I have some breaking news um, on that. Uh-oh. Last week when we were talking about the playoff schedule, we talked about the Final Four being basically East and or Midwest 2 versus East. That has changed. Um, in the Final Four... Um, it will now be the Los Angeles one seed taking on. Give me one second here, guys, because I just got this before we started recording, and this seemed like the perfect time to discuss it. Um, in the F Elite Eight, it would be the Nevada one seed taking on the Midwest one seed. So it would be the Insomniacs taking on the Chaos, hypothetically. Chaos, yeah. And then the LA one seed would play the Nevada two seed, so that would be the Aces and Sick. Um, the East doesn't change, so in the the final four, it will be, I believe, Nevada the, two, Nevada one, East one, East two. No, I think it'll Florida be Nevada. Nice. It'll be Nevada one, East two versus oh, East that's, one, Nevada oh. two. I believe that is what may be happening. So what we're aligning for is that the final four, if chalk goes, and, and Florida, you have your say. Ohio, you have your say, and we'll see. Does LA, you have your say. have a say 
and stay in Ohio. Let, let's let's be honest, man. I don't know. They they're excited about something. I don't yeah, know what the heck's going on over there. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Next week, but they got a new chili shop. <laughs> that's what they're excited about. Well, they put it on spaghetti. So are they ever excited about that for for I real? Listen, listen. Unless Keno Thomas goes back to his original position and they got a new quarterback out of nowhere, that's the only way. Well, maybe. Listen, yeah. they, they, they're wishing upon stars. So. Look, I'm a Disney dad. I will never tell somebody not to wish upon a star. But, you know, miracles are miracles. And, you know, if some, if some miracle happens, you'll be the first to know. I'll literally text you. So to, to, to kind of piggyback on the question that I asked you, and now that we know that it's, it's a little bit more possible, based on what happened with the Alienators, where the Insomniacs are clearly the better team, but like you said, Little, little lazy. Not everybody showed up. Kind of took the team lightly. Do you think that your team and the bulk of your roster for the Insomniacs are prepared for the grind of this, you know, ch- championship round two run? I think last week was a real wake up call for us because they honestly should not have even been in the game with us for that long. I don't feel like they should have been in the game with us that long. That's why third quarter, like, not to be selfish, but I had to tell the other running backs, it's like, I'm not I'm not coming out right now until I feel comfortable. Yeah, and, they, and, you, have. and you didn't, so that worked. I mean, but, like. Is there outside? We, of- we, I mean, we, we, we have fun. We have fun on our team. We play around. But, you know, sometimes, you know, playing around, you know, gets points scored on you and then. We're sitting there look, looking like dumbasses, like, damn. Well, I'll rewind. Also, to correct yeah, myself, go ahead. it'll be east versus east, west versus west. I just got confirmation that's what that will be. Um, but still the opportunity for the west and the east to have the best teams play each other in the final four. Um, but to to go to that to, – to piggyback on something that we were talking about earlier, you've been in this division since its inception. Mm-hmm. What have you seen over the last three, you know, assumed to be three fo- spring seasons and two fall seasons for this division? Because you started when it was just the Force, the Insomniacs, and the Pit Bosses. And then <clears throat> and then everybody grew out of that, and then you had the fall teams become the, you know, the full eight, including the Force, but... Where do you see this division going heading into this this year with the the spotlight very much on every single team in that division? I think you guys are going to be the most scrutinized division in the league, if not already, uh, outside of the Northeast. And I wonder how the rest of that division is going to react to that and how you guys are reacting to that. Um, from what I'm seeing from this division, it's it's getting better, honestly. Like with teams like the Alienators, the Lions, the you know the Outlaws, you know you put those on different teams and you spread them out. It gives it gives a nice you know either second or third place team potential to right. you know beat some to beat someone or give us a challenge. Yeah. Because, like, 
what's what's that dude's name from the alien Moncrief? Yeah, dude, he's a dude. He's a, he, he's and, and Jalen. He, he's a decent running back. Webb, that Jalen Webb, that's another yeah. one. There's the, the, there's uh, a DB on there, number five. Number five, I love that dude's attitude. Their DN on the Alienators, that dude's a monster. And Iriarte looked pretty special. He looked way Sunday. better than at any point we've seen him since he came into the league, to be completely honest. Well, we were talking about this when RTC recognized rightfully that I was Endeavor. Um, Iriarte always looked the part. Rob always said, like, yeah, that looks like a quarterback because you could see that he played quarterback at a high level. He's got the footwork. He's got the posture. He has the release. He has, you know, kind of the stereotypical quarterback look. I think when he originally started, and I think they were they were the original Insomniacs, right, in the fall? He was with the the Insomniacs before you guys kind of took over in the fall when you were with the crew. Yeah. And they were Ofer, but you could see that he could do some things. He just was still, A, learning the game, and B, he didn't have any of the names around him. So shout out to Quentin Ariarty. We're watching you out here. We saw a couple bombs were dropped there now but think about think about this you got Savion yep. going back to you got Savion going back to ott right darnell richardson's supposed to be maybe going with him maybe maybe not but maybe play, i like it yeah you got Savion. you get moncrief over there then you you take their d line that they had over uh alienators mm-hmm. and throw that all onto one ott team that is a strong contender for second place well the thing about ott is i don't think we've ever I don't think we've ever questioned their ability to kind of do the the fun highlight things. Mm-hmm. What OTT is missing is the non-highlight things. They're like missing the like the Lukarskis, like the guys who aren't going to get attention that do the dirty, grimy, nasty things that football teams need on their squad. And that's what I think OTT is missing. So if they can get all of those that you just said and tackle somebody on on a on a need to stop third and four then, yeah, they, they could be a contender. And I think it's a process. I think that's what a lot of teams are missing. And what's funny is is that uh, what the Insomniac showed is that you guys just disrespected that whole premise. But now that you guys aren't the team chasing the trophy, but the champs fending off all of the guys that are coming after your belt, what do you think it's going to take for them to change that narr- that that mindset that they had last week, or did they already? And what do you think about the the you know kind of the media presence the Insomniacs as a as a championship team have had this offseason? For me, I kind of just want to prove everybody in the East wrong because you know when when I see you know you guys post a video, I look at the comments and. You know, even before our championship game with the Nightcrawlers, they're like, he won't do that to Henderson. He won't do that to Henderson. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to save this comment. And after the game, we're going to see how the comment went. So, you know, we end up winning. I went up, head up with Henderson. Me and him clashed. Had a good, good matchup. Went back to the comments and said, your comment didn't age well because I've always been a person that's like, I'm going to show you better than I can tell you. That checks out. So, that checks out. You came on the show out. the first time with the Kryptonite. You said, listen, we're going to blow them out. And then me, Matt, and Rob were just kind of sitting here like, we're kind of skeptical. We've seen, the, we've seen the Kryptonite play. 
and it was one of those, oh, I'm bringing my friends. You know how many times guys have said, oh, I'm bringing my friends, and then they, they showed up to the game in, in a Honda Civic by themselves? You brought your friends, so we believe what you say. So, yeah, you back that up, but you you want even – you. so you're hungry for that smoke. I'm, I'm hungry. I want to, I wanna like, when the uh... – when the schedules came out and I saw who we had on our schedule, I immediately called Derek and I was like, I want to reschedule. I want DIC, Watchmen, the U. That I, I don't care about any of these teams out here because, you know, some of these teams, it's like, you ever met that guy who just decided to play football in high school? And then you got kids that's been, I mean, you got grown men that's been playing uh, football since like five. It's like a talent's different. Yes, that's how that's how it feels with some of the teams out here. It's like, it's like, man, how long have you been playing football? Let's be honest. Did you just yeah. decide to pick this up one day? And then for the East, it's like these motherfuckers have been doing this for forever. Like, yeah, and, and and the East one time had sixteen teams. Now, it's you know over this course of the twelve years that you know this has been going on in in the in a relatively similar format. Um, it's dwindled down to what Matt. We're five teams in 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 New Jersey, three yeah, in, five, in Baltimore, yeah. and yeah, three three in the DMV and five in the Northeast. And no disrespect to my my Nova Charge <laughs> brethren, because I love the name and I love the direction you guys are going. But another expansion team, we'll see. Because really, Baltimore has the two teams, and we'll see how they fill out the third team. Shout out to my guy, uh, what's his name, Rastaman Sharp. He's yes. the yes. So. And, like, no disrespect to none of the teams out here, but we don't want to play them anymore. We want the next level because how yeah. how do we get better beating teams by 80 points or well, that's 70 the, points? Well, yeah. that's the Chris Vera iron sharpens iron quote that basically gets thrown on its side because, you know, the, the, the opposite of that is is cotton candy mucks up iron, and it's going to stick you and it's not even sharp anymore. So – not to not to put you in, in you know and turn your words against you, but that type of mentality though is a similar mentality that left you guys in a game with the would be pit bosses coached by Coach Q. Shout out to Coach Q. He's really done a lot for that organization. They've come a long way from the last year pit bosses 0 and 7. Is that the is that the kind of mentality that is going to kind of bite you guys in the ass at the end of the day? Because look at what happened. I'll rewind you a, a, a full 365 days from today. Mm-hmm. And where are we sitting? We're going over schedule. Let's talk about BIC is unbeatable. And the one game you would expect all those guys to show up against the U, they did it the first time. And then they have a playoff game. They did it the second time. That's the weight of a championship. It's not that you guys aren't talented, just like BIC wasn't. It's do you guys still have the motivation to grind it out against all of these teams and survive to the end. And I think that's the biggest question that you could have about the Insomniacs because the talented, the talent on the roster is unquestionable. The success of the players from last year still returning, coming back this year, unquestionable. But just for instance, we mentioned them multiple times. Have you seen Variety on any of the 2023 tapes for BIC? I've seen him like one time, and I think he was limping. There is still an APB out for my guy. They're still looking for Verardi. Now, I'm probably poking a bear, and I have to play BIC. So, good luck to me surviving. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it can 
happened. It's not that there's a precipitative drop on a championship-level roster in talent. Ask BIC. They're not less talented last year than they were. It's you know better than anybody because of the effort that you have to put on a consistent basis as an A7FL full contact, no pads running back. By the way, the the biggest tough guy position in our league, because I, you know, I get credit for just standing there and getting rocked. You're running full speed at dudes with no pads. No, no, no. Let's be honest. The biggest, the biggest tough guy position is definitely shout out to all the linemen out there, because Lord Jesus, I see some of them, you know, get punched in the face. It, it's no they shake it off like it's nothing. Like people don't understand without like, you must be watching. That you're you're talking about the Northeast film, right? Because I don't I've not seen the face punching as much in Vegas. No, I'm just joking. Oh my God! It, watch the sick with it and, and Insomniac game this weekend, and you're gonna at least see. Well, least I will seven. be. Yeah, I will be. And then like you know, it's gotta get into that game because last week, Alienators, how many? You guys had a decent amount of turnovers, right? It seemed like again. That's becoming an issue. Oh. I think you guys should look at it. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. I'm just confusing the two games um, when you guys played the Alliance. But it, it, it kind of shows what you're saying because it's not just you. I would say that to a man, all of the returning insomniacs know Vegas' food. You know, you got the, the other side of the ball has quotes, and I quote, they're beating teams by 40 with their third string. Now, super team – uh, you know, what, powerhouse, whatever you want to call it, you guys aren't facing that competition. But guess who is your biggest threat? It's likely sick with it because the talent on the roster is there. I don't know if the depth of talent is is equivalent, but I think a lot of the guys that you would maybe put on your top, you know, at position lists, most of them are going to come if they're not from the Insomniacs, they're going to come from sick with it. When you break down that matchup what is the most important thing for the insomniacs to do and even though i know the the level of confidence you're going into that game what is the thing that you look at if your team can't do that you're starting to worry about you know sick with it maybe becoming the team that is the better team just that day because you know how football can go sometimes that's all it takes Mm -hmm. what's your read on that what are the things that the insomniacs need to do in this championship game to make sure that you guys win and by a margin that you're comfortable with? And what is the thing that you're nervous about going into the game that if you guys aren't able to continue that level of dominance in this area, that maybe you guys are a little bit vulnerable against a talented, sick with it roster, despite what Rob may say? I would say the battle in the trenches. If you could control the trenches, you control the game. I'm saying I think we played – Sick with what was it two or three weeks ago, and I had a horrible game. I fumbled twice. Um, every time I ran, somebody was at my ankle already, and they were able to, you know, basically almost stop stop the run until you know Devonte and Juice got it going. You know, I ended up hurting myself, so I I didn't play really the rest of the game. So. Hey, I, I couldn't do anything. That's like the first game I would ever say that like I was shut down completely. Like I was frustrated. I was like, I can't do nothing. I I couldn't do nothing. They have a they have a good ass run 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 stop game. And for the sick with it, 
I've always I've always said this. I've always said this about Sickleton. They're like they're probably like a running back a running back away from being able to match up with us. So the game plan that Sickwood usually goes with that I've seen is that yeah, they run the ball, but they're simple running plays and it's not that they don't have running backs that are capable. It's that the simple running plays that they run, it almost seems now I did see them do some kind of like, you know, jet waggle counter stuff. Um uh, last week against the Alliance, but it, what they kind of try to really more rely on is that they're going to beat people in the air with the one-on-one matchups that they can get with their receiving core, which against every other team in Vegas, their heads and shoulders better than. Just look at the stats of Darren Palmer and you know Betts and Nathaniel Webster Spencer. That was my mm-hmm. one of my better British accents. Um, so. You you really think that even though the the margin of victory sometimes is crazy in those games recently. I mean, other than the first game, which I think the Insomniacs were still kind of discovering themselves, you guys took care of business last year in the chip for Vegas, and then you you took care of business, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago in the fall. So you're saying that the level of talent is a lot closer, and then there may be just like a, I don't know, you just mentioned them, a Moncrief away? Maybe a Moncrief away. Because honestly, their D-line solid. Maybe they need a couple pieces on offensive line because some of them play D-line and they try to play offensive line and it's like they don't got the blocking scheme all the way down pack. But if they work on they work on that, they're contenders. And I want my team I want my team to know that and stay focused. Like yeah. just because we beat them doesn't mean you know. One of these one of these days won't be our day. Well, and and recently the Insomniacs, as dominant as you guys are, have shown some of the, the the potential, you know, negatives. Let's say turn the ball over a decent amount of time. Sometimes in a one on one coverage, it, the the corners at times not consistently, but at times corners have been getting exposed a little bit in this fall. Um, when you well, talk about when we, that's when we have people playing. In because other people are out. It's like, all right. but you guys, DBs. but you guys probably aren't getting like Donye Lyons to me was probably your best cover corner. Uh, you know, Gianni Breland, I haven't seen in the fall. Is he coming back for the spring? Yeah, he is. So yeah, we're gonna have all we're gonna have all of our guys. So you'll have Donye too, even though he's playing in the, in the, the lucky sevens. We'll have Donye. He's he, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be on the roster. He just probably okay. won't play towards the end. All right, yeah, so it's it's similar to the David Clark situation, the Logo situation, all those. Uh, and we'll see what happens yeah. with Matt Riddick, who's, who's on a, the Boston uh, Brigade, I believe. So shout-outs to, to, you know, a bunch of A7 wide receivers specifically <laughs> getting signed to a pro league. Um, so if Sickwood, it's relatively close to where you guys are, even though you've been dominant, and we can see some of the things starting to show you're saying the personnel maybe is, is a reason for some of the on-field stuff, but that doesn't change kind of the mentality thing. What are you going to have to do to some of these guys so that they're not the, the you know, the Vegas diva, you know, America's Got Talent, you know, golden buzzer, show stars, you know, you know, show girls, let's say, without trying to be too disrespectful. Yeah, don't get um, disrespectful to my guys. Well, there's a little bit of diva going on. Am I right? I mean, 
Yeah, we can be big headed at times. We can be big headed. So what do you say to your guys to make sure that they stay on track so that the reason that a team in sick with it that has all the motivation to keep on working even harder to try to, you know, catch that, you know, you know, make up for that gap. What do you say to your guys to make sure that their head's in the right spot so that they're primed and ready for what will be a grueling championship run? We've said it. Every team, you know, says it's not the case. The 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 incumbent champs lose a lot of the time. Just look at recent years, and we, we're not going to list them. Um, what keeps the Insomniacs well, from falling in the same trap as BIC, the U, the Immortals, the Gators, the Chiefs, and the list goes on. I don't know what year this was, but it, it was like I think it's BIC playing the U, and you know, it was like Courage had like I think they were down, and Courage. Said he, like he's not about we're not about to be no like pussies or something like I heard it on camera it was crazy hoes hoes he says hoes we ain't no hoes yeah, don't go yeah, out yeah. like hoes he always says hoes specifically yeah. I, and he so, means you know, the, he means the garden tool guys um courage would never say something degrading like that so he's talking about <laughs> but like when you think about garden tools of the garden tools the shovel's the best you got the rake mandatory like nobody uses hoes anymore so that's what he's talking about hoes are useless anyway so. So like even last week, like when they were getting stopped, they were getting stops. I looked at Matt Kenny. I was like, "You need to get your O line together right now, because we're not about to have too many more of these. We're getting stopped on the run." And he he looked at me. He was like, "I got you." Very next series, he got it together. Like people don't know, people don't know, or people fail to realize. For me, I think I think King Mac is the true captain. Of our son, Kenny Mac and Munchie are the true captains of the Sonic team. I wouldn't even consider myself a captain because I'm more quiet, quiet. But like Kenny Mac is the spark, is our spark because when we're playing, when we're playing sick with it, runs was getting stopped. Kenny Mac showed up late. He got in the game. Our whole energy changed. Yeah, no, so, it, it was it was you know tight game in the first half. When did he show up? He showed he showed up second quarter second quarter, yeah. And it was a tight game until turned, the end of the first half, and then Kenny Mack shows things up. Things just turned quarter. around. He came he came in just like how Courage Courage would come in. He's <laughs> over here yelling. He's over here like we we not about to lay down. We we ain't no you know garden hose. Yeah. And I'm just like okay. And then everybody got their got their stuff together. It takes it takes that. It takes that. So you know as long as you know as long as Kenny Mack shows up or even if uh, Munchie shows up, because Munchie, even though as much as Munchie, the weed just better. Sometimes Munchie, Munchie just he he yells at people, and that's what it that's what it takes. Because some people do get big headed, and just because we got on the Somniac uniform, they think that we're just gonna win every team, and then it takes for Munchie or Mac to yell at somebody to get them to get out of that mentality. Well, and then here's my last one, and I think we'll go to our next topic, which is going to be a lot of fun. So this is where we're at. We're at Insomniac since the the you know the guys came together and we, we built this team, not a super team, fine, powerhouse, whatever, blows everybody out. I mean, but would you – would you is uh, BIC uh, now a super team? Or is yeah, it a, or I, absolutely, 100%. The only reason we don't give the U crap is because they usually kind of recycle the same guys and they've been with the same core for so long. 
And the mm. reason we didn't give BIC crap is because the team that they won the first championship with, they completely turned over that roster. And the second championship run was with guys that were in their first, second, or third year. So that's actually one of the most amazing jobs by any manager of a roster that I've seen in this 10-year history of our league is going from winning a championship, flopping everything like the Florida Marlins back in the 90s, and then winning again with new guys. That's special. Now, we call this the Insomniac Super Team for a lot of reasons. It is what it is. Um, I'll call BIC a super team. The U I mean, if is you a super call, team. If you want to call Insomniac a super team, I mean, I mean can... that's what it comes down to. That's why it's a silly conversation because the fact that people get mad at what we say as a, as a, and what we define as a word doesn't change the fact that a good team is a good team, a great team is a great team, a championship team can is I, a championship team. Can I talk team. about this for a second? Because I'm the one that's like – the least involved in all this Fakakta nonsense, but since I work for A7FL West and I'm the producer and host of this show, I'm dragged in it implicitly. We're, we're, You're we're, welcome. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're done. We're done. We're done with this. We're done. Yeah, like, but anyway. No, no, no. It's just like, we get it. Shut up. None of, none of, none of this matters. No, none of this fucking matters. It, what, what matters, it's pro wrestling. This is pro wrestling. As, as the relative pro wrestling person, don't work yourself into a shoot. It's okay. Um, but none of this shit well, matters until March 24th, and even then, we got, we got to fucking figure it out in the playoffs. But let's move on to— Well, just my one Go last ahead, thing, because you, you said it. The Alienators game kind of woke you guys up. I'm going to give you a what-if scenario, which is very likely. And correct me if I'm wrong if it's not likely. <laughs> it's Somniacs, refocus, fall chip, win it, start regular season. Force, maybe scary, but it's first game of the season. You guys are likely going to show up. Then you go sick with it regular season. You can go through the whole season, and it's going to be a similar story to what we're talking about. You're going to be potentially beating the crap out of teams, feeling better and better about your chances. Eventually, it is going to be a team. And I don't even care if it's the Northeast. Let's say let's say the miracle that we mentioned earlier happens. Maybe, I don't know, Colin Kaepernick joins the chaos, and you got a legit quarterback. Whether he's legit or not, we could talk about it in another show, I guess. Shout-outs to all pro Jaffos. But chaos, tough team. If you guys are... are end up slinking back into that mentality where it's hard to take week to week serious. Is it going to be too late to get back into that mindset when you're saying it in game against a team that is better than the alienators? Or do you think that you guys will, will get to that point where there is a real challenge in front of you and you guys are ready and willing to take that on just like you took on the championship run in which you guys were obviously really hungry for that win? Um, like I said before, um, we're always, we're always going to be focused. There's just times where, you know, you see the gold on your schedule and you're like, Hey, it's like, are you, are you really going to play this game? Do you want to risk getting hurt or whatever? It's like fa facing the gold. is just like facing a high school team or a middle school team. Like, honestly, like. I'm not trying to be cocky, but they have they have no O line or D line. 
So, of course, it's going to be a blowout game. But when you play teams like Ohio and they use your name for your city, it's like it's a point to prove now. It's like now we got to show you that, you know, that's our name. Don't use it. And it's always going to it's always going to it's always going to be that. Like we were so locked in in Ohio that when we landed, first thing we did, we got to the house and we put on film for them. We can only find two tapes, but we put on film for them. And that's how it's going to be with every team that we see as, you know, competitive. Like we see BBSC as competitive. We're going to watch film on them. If we don't find you competitive, we're not going to watch film about you. We might talk to you. We might talk about you in the group chat every once in a while. But other than that, motherfuckers is putting in the group chat who wants who wants to go get a drink tonight. So, and then this last Vegas question about the division. Since your opinion of the division, other than stick with it, and maybe the force, is that, do you OTT, think the OTT too. Okay, they, OTT. All right. And they get look, saved back Look, it's the same thing. It's the same thing when there was eight teams in New Jersey. There's there's always a, a buzz and an omegas kind of thing. But, mm. you know, just de facto, there's a team that's the worst. But you're saying it's like playing a middle school team. So that's kind of an indictment on those bottom teams. I mean, you know, even some of the, the worst teams in the buzz gave, you know, the animals game against the buzz was like 55 to 40. It was watchable. Um, the Snow Tribe game, ah, not as watchable. Snow Tribe can't complete a pass, but, you know, it was a close game. Would it be better for the level of competition to kind of include a little bit more parity by maybe the top teams trickling down a little bit of talent or spreading the talent a little bit around so that there were more competitive games in season? Or do you guys kind of like the road that you're set up with? I would like more, you know, more competitiveness out through the season. But at the same time, some of the teams I feel like don't think they they go out and get these quick, fast guys. But it's like you also got to realize you need bigger guys to block for those smaller guys to be able to do something. Like so, no, so you could just like, directly say, "G heard, I'm talking to you." No, I'm just joking. No, 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 no. He 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 does good recruit. Nah, he's like, great. That's why I always mention his name. That's that that's another thing. If I mention your name on the show, even if I'm ribbing at you, you're relevant, and I'm trying to make you relevant, and that's my guy G Hurd. So he's doing a great job. I just want him to keep building and get some linemen. Like these bottom teams, they like you see their linemen, and their linemen's probably only as big as what, probably as big as me. It's like how is that even giving your quarterback enough time? And, I mean, you felt it firsthand, the linemen that you had when you played. <laughs> I'll ask you a junior question. Who, who had more passing yards in the A7FL 2023 regular season? Quattro Huffin, gonna, Corey Hammond. You're just going to hang on to that one? I, I, I will talk about that and the I, three touchdowns against the U cook. forever. I'm going to let my man cook on that. Like, I, he's, that's he's, that's all it. I got. That's, I it's, lost it's seven games. Evidence. Like, it's yeah, I lost seven games. Now, he had way more touchdowns than I did. That's true. That's <laughs> he sad. had interceptions, and he won an MVP, and he had more wins. So I'm not saying I had a better season. Well, in the but, I tried. Listen, but that's I tried. only because only, that's only it's Huff. It's Huff. That man. Listen, that Huff, man. I, I always say that Huff. I, I, we just had a Snow Tribe rant about how them not getting Huff we're mad at them. They, like, they were talking to me last year, and you, they could have got Huff, and I was the indictment. 
So maybe that's a good segue into talk about maybe the Snow Tribe, maybe not, on our list of Matt, right? Yeah, the top Since seven. we have maybe a contender for the best running I, back. I, he would be high on my list. That is certainly that is certainly what I would look at it. But it's time for the top seven running backs is the Courage Mosey Goat Award uh, in honor of the goatest of all time, Courage Mosey. The goat Mosey. mask that he wore. That's, that's our guy. But we start with number seven. We start out west, and it's Billy Mallard or Billy Millard from the Los Angeles. <clears throat> I had uh, Stu Gotts there. Hold on. We start with number seven on the list. He's from Los Angeles and one of only a few West Coast options on this top seven list, and that's Billy Mallard from the Los Angeles Aces. Yeah. Have you ever seen Millard, Mallard play RTC? Yeah. Our first, my first season, he came down to Vegas, and I think he had like four touchdowns against him. Yeah. I, I, Say what you want about the L.A. division, and you're probably right. Say what you want about the Santa, Mo- Santa Monica vibe and those pants, and you're probably right. R.I.P. Santa but, Monica vibe. And the pants. But Millard, Mallard, whatever you, however you enunciate that last name, he just does nothing but put up yards and touchdowns. Now, he in, in his one appearance in a Final Four with the L.A. Aces, when they played B.I.C., no touchdowns that game. But last year, he had multiple games with seven touchdowns. And it it felt like when we were trying to do a a list based on empirical data and not just reputation, it felt like if even though he he didn't have as many actual chances in games played as some of the other running backs, he had more yards rushing guys than every single back individually for Team U. Now, love the use running game, one of the best in the league, dominant offensive line. But that just shows the level of dominance that Mallard had in his season for the LA Aces as not only the running back, but a, a returner and the main playmaker for the LA division champs. And speaking of the U, Corey, that goes to our number six, Willie Mayweather, a.k.a. Willie Easterling, one of the hard runners on that U team last year. I know that... Uh, RTC, you were a big fan of Snag Sosa on the on the running team for the U, but Mayweather, a stalwart, a workhorse on that team. They needed to run more than ever last year with the shift at quarterback. I don't know how much the running game is going to be a part, Corey, of the U offense in 2024, but the return of Mo Ramadan and a younger, faster Ramadan in his brother Ahmed, uh, that's going to be a big opportunity for Mayweather to get some rushing yards on maybe some of the weaker defenses in the Northeast. Yeah, and especially um, because when you look at the stable of backs that the U had, it almost felt like we had to somehow include one of their running backs on this list because they're all that level of talented. You talk about guys like SJ Jones who I think actually is making the move to BIC this year. But you also talk about Snag Sosa, Angelo Lewis. You talk about hard body. You talk about a a lot of dudes that could come in and immediately put a defense in a bind from the running back position, something our guest, RTC, knows a lot about. But the thing is, is that because they shared so many touches, it was hard for any of those guys to just stand out on the national list as far as total yards but 
although they were all around the same number of total yards, it was Mayweather that had the most touchdowns and the highest average, which for the U running backs is why I think he's a perfect fit for at least number six on this list. But now, maybe before we go any more and do more of the list, RTC, who are some of your favorite running backs in the league? And we'll see if they show up on this list. Like you said, Snag Sosa. Yeah, Angelo Lewis is, is a dynamic he, playmaker and has been for years in this league. He's one of my favorite people in the league straight up. Hard body McKinney. That's another one. Um, I don't know what position this guy truly plays, but um, what's that kid's name? Uh, what team? It's like, it's like the only only other white kid that really plays. Oh, Michael uh, Liberty? Oh, Liberty. Liberty. I don't know what he plays, but he he's a running back. back. He's a running back. He's a running back. His his slowdown and startup speed. It's like he's playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. I'm he's sad that he cut his hair because you know he, he ain't the same Liberty without the hair, but yeah. you know, like I watched I've watched him like some of his games from the past, and like it's like people can't tackle this man. Like he, they run into him, he's he's running them over, but he doesn't look that big. He's he's deceptive. It, it is very weird watching him play because you're like several bombers, baby. <laughs> and then my other running back is Kurt, Courage Mosley, just because he's he's just like me. We're like we're athletic, but we're lazy at the same time. <laughs> 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 like like I swear to you, and like we will whip a block in a heartbeat. I'm not gonna lie. It's like, the one thing Courage can do, do though, he blocks his ass off. He's actually played a lot of time. Like the reason, if you don't, see, if you don't see Courage Mosey on this list, don't think that we're stupid enough to not think he's one of the best running backs the in the history of our league. But when you actually, you want to know Courage, Courage's. I'm not even gonna say his stats. Courage's stats do not represent the kind of running back he is because the way he was used last year, he was actually more of a tight end in the way that BIC ran their offense with Sterry Codrington as. as mostly the, the the number one run threat, but also the passing threat that he was and the amount of passing plays that they called. But you'd be crazy to not assume that in a game, a must-win game, you need a back to get 20 yards if it's not this guy who last year around the same time, Rob said that the guy that we're talking to now, and we, we'll still go through some of those nicknames, um, by the way, unless it, it's still Zach and, and Soberman's list. Because um, no, I, I don't want to call him Phil. the Jay Leno writers. In the in the goddamn trailer in Peekskill, they keep moving. All right, as long as you don't try to call him Arjunon. And then Pav- my last Pavlov. running back, yeah, my last running back. I I'm pretty sure he played on the Chiefs. That big buff guy. I, I can't remember. No. Well, Mayweather Mayweather played for the Chiefs, but you're talking about the 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 light skinned dude. He looked Spanish, but he was he got wide shoulders. Yeah, he's like real buff. Number twenty two. Yeah, dude. I, the way he plays, like, you know. Well, what's funny is is that that those highlights that you saw, and I, I, I'm blanking on his name right now because, you know, again, th- those are before my announcer days, so I'm just playing against these guys talking shit in their face. I don't really care what their names are. Um, but he actually got hurt at the end of that season, and they made it to the chip, and he got hurt right before the championship game, I believe is the story and Mayweather our, our number six back is who replaced him in that same style of offense where they have the down down kick out block they have they have what I would call the the, the most successful 
downhill rushing offense that we've ever seen in the A7FL yet. Now, you guys have a pretty, you know, fantastic trio of backs. We'll see if Sickwood tries to snipe one of them. <laughs> I would if I were them. But that's a great list, and I think it, 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 it kind of shows the, the kind of guys you respect in our league. I think most of them are from the Northeast. Um, but I think that's a good segue to number five, another, you know, hard-nosed, tough guy running back, Matt, in our number five running back. Marcel Nelson That's to right. the apartments from the DC Buzz. Man with a voice as smooth as velvet, the fucking quiet storm, uh, was a big part of the DC Buzz offense in 2023 and looks to be a big part of it in 24. I'm really excited, and RTC, you're as an avid fan of the game as we are. I think when there's competition in Maryland, it drives the whole league to be more competitive. Because if we saw what the rare breed and the Gators did in 22 and we get two teams coming out of the DMV like that, how exciting are any potential playoff variables for those matchups and how much li how much livelier does it make the regular season? And, and a secondary question to that, how do you feel about going up potentially against a Baltimore team in the championship? Watching those guys, watching the buzz, watching the Watchmen over the last couple of years. Watching RTU episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait because their attitude is just like our attitudes out here. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a loud game. It's gonna be a lot of talking. I'm not gonna lie. That was the championship I wanted to see because I thought yeah. what the Watchmen kind of matched up physically against you guys because they had an offensive line that I think could maybe match maybe when we talk about offensive linemen some of their guys will be listed there but when you look at the stats for marcel nelson it, he he really he really embodies what a what a true workhorse is in the three games that he had games of the week he had 32 carries 222 yards and three touchdowns and that doesn't account for the other uh four or five games that he had that we just didn't get to see him on games of the week where he was the feature back in an offense that was, you know, they were 0-7, but they were still pretty close in all those games. They barely lost right. to the Renegades. They uh, they almost beat uh, the Animals when they had their quarterback, Mark Diggs. They were in a tight game for most of the game against Snow Tribe. And I, re I really think that it would be remiss to take away because he's averaging about nine yards a carry over the course of the season. And even in the games of the week in which sometimes he's facing a team that they're outmatched and they're behind, he's still able to get the output that he was able to get. And Marcel Nelson is our number five back in the 2023 top seven. We move on now to the number four position. And it's a man who much like our guest is trying to become synonymous with one name, and that is from Yorty Snow, the Rahway Snow Tribe, one of the Rookie of the Year dark horses and, and a guy who might be an Offensive Player of the Year candidate if the Snow Tribe build their offense around him, uh, Shug. Uh, Corey, we saw him quite a few times, a very hard runner, a very big dude. Remind me a lot of... Jim Brown and the fact that he's just a very large-bodied human who can move very fast and throw well, a fucking shoulder in you. Well, he's almost like the 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 recent viral sensation of the who is the D train from the U. He, Shug reminds me of a guy that size, 
And no disrespect to D-Train, but he's not carrying it around his midsection. This guy in person is an absolute beast of a monster back. And the weird thing is, is that he just wasn't featured more for the Snow Tribe. And now this is a limited amount of ca of carries and touches. But in the games of the week, what we were able to see is 27 carries. We just talked about 32 for 222 for Marcel Nelson, relatively respectable. In 27 carries, Suge had 326 yards and four touchdowns. That's well over 10 yards a carry. And it's easy to see when he has those breakaway runs that he should have been not only the, the main running back for the Snow Tribe, which he looks to be in 2024 by most accounts that, I, that I've heard kind of coming in, is they're going to they're gonna really rely on him and feature him, which I think is a smart move. It, it, it also just is, is weird that he was utilized so, you know, sparsely for a team that really came into the, the to the season and they wanted to kind of piggyback off of the success that the snow plow formation had. And what better way to have an identity of, you know, run first, you know, offensive lineman in the NFL owns our team than to really focus their team their their game plan around him. And it's, again, another indictment on the Snow Tribe that he was used as little as he was last year because if those are his stats. Just imagine if he was in the games more against teams like the U with a quarterback that could complete a pass against BIC or against some of the tougher games on the Snow Tribe schedule in which they lost, including to the Renegades. So, you know, Suge... I think he's he's legitimately on our list because when we look around the league at just stats and impact, you can't keep them off. But again, it's one of those things that we question what the Snow Tribe is doing because if they had more practice time in the beginning of the season and really solidified that position and who they're on, what their identity was going to be in the season, if that's what they're doing for 24, they're probably making a correct move in doing so. And we'll move on to someone, RTC, you know quite about, uh, quite a bit about. Uh, Voodoo Reek coming in at the number three spot from the Vegas division. When you go up against a guy like Reek or you look at some of the other running backs in the division, what are you looking at? What are the things that surprise you? And what are the things you think other running backs in your division need to do to go up against some of those lesser defenses to, to really show out and expose their skills more? Other running backs, I mean, they got to understand how this league works. Some of them are still scared to get chopped in the ankles, and they got to understand. It's like, hey, man, like, you just got to run. Just run through people. It's, I promise you it doesn't hurt. I promise you it doesn't hurt like you think it does. You're out here trying to be fancy. And, you know, I give a lot of credit to uh, Rock Briscoe because even when I was 18 and I was on his semi-pro team, he was like, none of that dancey, dancey stuff that all these other running backs do. You just go north and south, put your head down, and I promise you, you'll get five yards a pop. And I, that's always stuck with me since I since I was 18. So people like Voodoo Reek, I mean, he does juke once in a while, but he'll let you he'll let you know he still has that strength. And the same thing goes with Moncrief. He does the same thing. He goes north and south. And if you look at most running backs in this league, they all go north and north and south. Like the best ones, the best ones. 
Yeah, yeah. Courage Mosley, North and South, North and South. Hard Body McKinney. He's just gonna run into you. He's gonna let you. You're gonna feel him. Like that's what most running backs in this league don't understand. Understand like you, the dance, the the hus hus is you know cute and everything, but you gotta realize you're also going back 15 yards, and then running another 10 yards back, and you might have lost just five yards just there. So, yeah, the hus hus is a returner thing, right? Like. If you're returning the, the three-on-one, you can hust it up. But, you know, unless you're Shanti worthy, you know, get as many yards and, uh, you know, get the first down. But with Reek, on on games that we saw him, 36 carries, 453 yards, 10 touchdowns. And when you look at the stats, it sounds like, oh, well, why aren't these guys getting thousands of yards? You're used to a 16-17 game college or NFL season. We're talking about six, seven games. For all of these guys, and for the games that we saw reek, for him to get 10 touchdowns in the regular season on the year, he was one of those players that, and and I use this as a metric, and and shout-outs to Rob who isn't here, but Rob was like, yeah, that dude reek is is something. And he doesn't do that for a lot of guys. He did it for you. Um, When he saw Pac-Man Jones for the force come out here and score multiple touchdowns, he was like, yeah, Pac-Man's kind of like that. You know, the list is relatively short, but... That was one of the guys when he was looking at, at at players last year, especially from the Vegas division. He was impressed by Reek, and we'll see if he uh, is able to make that same impact in 2024 coming back for the force potentially. I know he was uh, moving around and was you know trying to go to school. Do you know the the the, the scoop on Reek? Is he returning for the 2024 season? Uh, me personally, I do not know. Yeah. So that's that's going to be the same. Sounds like he is. Yeah, I hope he is. Um, you know, if he's not, you just mentioned uh, a running back that might be uh, a guy that could take his place as kind of maybe the, the second best in your guys' division um, to you, obviously. But, uh, you know, we, we couldn't look at his stats and the impact that he had in games for the force last season and not include him on this list. And that'll bring us to the number two running back on this list. And no need to be sorry for Omari. Omari Thomas coming in at the number two mark and really showing out for Baltimore. A nice eclectic mix of running backs in this. Um, But Omari Thomas, Corey, a key cornerstone to that Watchman offense that had a, a plethora of weapons and embarrassment of riches to only come as far as they did. With Maryland really fracturing, do you think it sets up for an offense to be set more around a guy like Omari? Well, I think the thing is, is that for even going back as far as the rare breed and even the Cobras, Omari Thomas is the running back in the the Baltimore offenses that he's been in that doesn't necessarily jump off the screen and you say, wow, look at that juke. Like you might with Voodoo Reek in the Vegas division where there's a little bit more, you know, open lanes. But in the Northeast, what Amari Thomas really sets up as is like RTC's been saying about a lot of these guys, the North-South zone-style running back for the OG Buck style of offense in which he's he's the one that gets you four yards, five yards, four yards, five yards. And then what a defense does is has to adjust and play better run defense because they're not able to stop Amari Thomas. And when they're geared up to stop the run, that's when OG Buck as a play caller 
goes to the play action. And that's why you'll see Tony Totap. That's why you'll see Hefe. That's why you'll see the Watchman receivers wide open down the field, especially when Buck is using Amari Thomas as the bait to set up for some of those really big play action plays and don't get it twisted. Look no further than the Watchman final four game at the other thing that Amari Thomas is able to do, which is catch the ball out of the backfield as an outlet and turn into a scoring threat. So I've really been on this Amari Thomas, you know, kind of, you know, I guess pulpit, trying to give him the attention that he deserves because I think he does get lost because the way that their offense is designed, RTC, is the big plays are going to, you know, the Watchmen versions of Davick and Munchie, even though they're not direct comps. But he's the guy that kind of gets the brunt of the physical punishment in, in the Baltimore division as they're setting up the big plays and the the highlight plays that are then later featured on in, you know, the you know the highlights on Facebook or the games of the week highlights and stuff like that that show the play-action touchdowns. Because if you take Amari Thomas off that, that Watchmen roster and replace him with kind of like a more average running back, I'm not 100% sure that they're as good as they were able to be. But another guy you mentioned, Mike Liberti, is actually going to be one of those running backs rotating in for the Watchmen. So, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, they're not hurting for talent for sure, but I was sincerely impressed by all of the things that we got from Amari Thomas running, blocking, catching out of the backfield, huge impact for the Watchmen. And one of the reasons why their, their offense was really hard to stop last season. And, uh, I don't know if you noticed my friend, but we've left you off the list until now. And so that is going to basically reveal our number one running back of the 2023 season. And for the second list in a row, our number one guy, Matt, plays for the Las Vegas Insomniacs, the world champs of last season. And Anthony, do you know who that guy might be? (laughs) Matt, go ahead and announce it so he can be humble. Announce it so he can be humble. James Burgoyne. Uh, no, hold on. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. It is. It's our. It's you. It's Anthony Wilkerson. Con- congratulations, sir. We we think you're very good Appreciate at football. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, you know, I'm I'm decent. You know, I can't. You can't do nothing without your O line or your blockers. I tell everybody that because it's the truth. Without a guy like Matt Kenny or Ooze or Swings or Munchie blocking 15 yards down the field. Runs aren't possible like that. Not as consistently. And I think really, you know, us us rating these running backs and you look at the, the stats that you have, and, and, and let's be honest, in a couple of the games in the regular season last year, you would get like the, what, four carries, 76 yards, three of them were touchdowns, and then you kind of early exit the game and other guys were doing things. But really what kind of solidified it for me, but it, it, it's, it's, you know, we talked negatively about him last week. It just goes to show you the type of kind of elite level you've reached in this specific game. Because without question, Ryan DePaul said, I don't even, I won't go that far. But Ryan DePaul said, as, as we were choosing the MVP for the championship game, that the game that you had, and let's just put this in perspective. 
and and I might be you know fudging the numbers just a tiny bit, but 26 carries over 150 yards. What people don't realize is that when we go back to some of the great games that running backs have had in our league, those stats look like this, RTC. Nine rushes, 160 yards, four touchdowns, which means that on the nine, only nine touches that a running back had, four of them, the guy is relatively untouched or at least not tackled fully. And the other five, he gets tackled, gets to go to the sideline, maybe rotates, whatever the case is. Playing in the A7FL, which is full contact, no pads. Yes, it's safer for concussions. <laughs> but you could tell us how you felt that Monday after that game. It is insane to have rushed 26 times. And whether we, we say that the Nightcrawlers are more physical than the BIC or not, they were hitting. So for you to carry the load that consistently, that often, and in the fourth quarter, you were the one who was getting the extra yardage as opposed to slowing down. They were the ones on their back, on their uh, heels backing up as you were running into them full speed. That kind of that kind of toughness, that kind of tenacity, that kind of just pure will to win is why I think there's no question about who should be the number one running back on the A7FL three-on-one podcast top seven list. Good announcer voice, guys. That was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Matt's making me, like, do news, and, you know, I'm going to do, like, commercials and stuff, so I just wanted to try to, like, throw that in there, the little the Bruce Buffer thing. Well, and I feel like this is as good a point to end this show as any congratulations, sir. Thank you so much for joining us for pretty much the entire show but the news. But Anthony Wilkerson will be in action this Sunday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on A7FL.TV. Caffeine and also locally on Fox 5.2, Cox 125. Thank you for joining the show, sir. Any parting any, any parting shots or shit talk to sick in the, in the, the eve of the eve of your guys' rematch for the fall chip? Ball game. Just ball game. Well, thanks for coming on. We'd love to have you back. And congratulations on the, however meaningless, the still meaningful number one running back, not only on our list, but on the three-on-one's hearts. So, my guy, enjoy the rest of your shift. All right. You guys have a good one. (laughs) Well, all right. This has been the three-on-one podcast. Thanks to Anthony Wilkerson. Uh, Wow, our our nickname suggestions sucked. But you know what? If you have nickname suggestions, drop them in the comments or drop them in a review. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe whether you are listening to us on YouTube, Caffeine, A7FL TV, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our Facebook or Instagram pages at 3on1A7FL on Instagram. But do all those things. Also go to tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That is tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Corey, this was a, a fun little less chaotic and potentially fight-inducing edition of the podcast. Well, you know, in all of our Vegas back and forths, we got a guy who's been back and forth from Vegas to the east and back. We got a good perspective. We kind of saw where he stands on, you know, where his team is at and where his team is going. And uh, 
We were fucking right all along. <laughs> RTC says there's no competition out in Vegas. You guys start physical. The fucking we were night doing so good. Them. We were doing oh, so bad. good. My bad. Now I got Matt mad at me. My wife's mad at me. Vegas is mad at me. Shit. I, I thought I would be better this time. Before, before we start any fucking territorial wars, uh, for Corey Hammond, for Anthony Wilkerson, for Big Rob, who's not here, I'm Matt Ryan saying so long, and as always, don't be an asshole. I was doing it for so, so long, I guess. Well, I tried. I'll try. Wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because, because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face.